Hello, friends. This is uh, Katie Griffiths, Reverend Katie Griffiths, coming to you again this week on the Grits and the Gospel podcast. Um, we've had some really heavy, <laughs> well, I've had some really heavy thoughts in the first few episodes, so I thought we would change it up a little bit today and talk about something a little bit more exciting and something that I love which is writing sermons. And um, I was going to talk today about to lectionary or not to lectionary. That is the question. Um, for those of you that don't know what the lectionary is, that's perfectly fine. I didn't know for a very long time what the lectionary was. Um, the lectionary is a series of scriptures set in a three-year cycle, year A, B, and C, that follows the liturgical calendar. And um, it, it helps just kind of frame the year and follow that liturgical season. So the Easter lectionaries have Easter um, scriptures. The Christmas lectionaries have Christmas and Advent liturgical scriptures. So it kind of helps you follow the year. There are, um, there's one main gospel used in your A, your B, and your C with a smattering of uh, Mark put in the others. So um, your A, this is Matthew. Luke was your C. And uh, John is B, I believe. I haven't preached your B yet. Um, but it, it just kind of gives you a balance of all of the Gospels. It comes with a uh, psalm, an epistle lesson, and an Old Testament lesson as well. So you are not limited just to the Gospel lessons. Um but I have chosen to challenge myself to preach through the lectionary gospel texts my first three years of ministry. And um, I got that inspiration from another friend of mine who is a couple years ahead of me in this journey. And I thought, you know what, that's a really good idea. Um, so that's what I'm doing. Um, but before we get into that, I thought we would spend a little time with First Timothy today. That is a, a letter that uh, Paul wrote to Timothy, obviously, about how to be a minister and what the setup of the church should be about with bishops and deacons and all kinds of things. And it's something that we reference in the ministry a lot. And so I thought I would read some of that. It's a short little letter, but we're going to start in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 12 through 17. I am grateful to Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has strengthened me because he judged me faithful and appointed me to his service. Even though I was formerly a blasphemer, a, a persecutor, and a man of violence, but I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. 
The saying is sure and worthy of acceptance that Jesus, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners for who I am the foremost. But for that very reason, I receive mercy so that in me as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display the utmost patience, making me an example to those who would come to believe in him for eternal life. To the king of the ages, immortal, immortal, invisible, and the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. I love that Paul says loud and proud to Timothy, God uses me and I was the worst sinner. And he can still figure it out. <laughs> and I feel that a lot. I'm not perfect. I'm still not perfect, but I think in that imperfection, we can be a testimony to who Jesus is and his saving grace. So I thought that was um, a little, a great way to start was just to look at the beginning of Timothy and um, how we should, as ministers, be seen by the people that we are ministering to as someone who is not perfect and yet saved. And I think that's what I try to do with my um, sermons each week is just say, hey, look, if I need this lesson, maybe you do too. Um, and so the liturgical calendar really lends itself to that. Um, I love a calendar. So having a liturgical one on top of everything else in the lectionary calendar speaks my language. And so I really like um, for me, that it, it helps me correspond the two. Um, now, some people are not lectionary preachers, and they do sermon series and all those things, which is, you know, it really comes down to style. There is no set rule of what you have to do. Um, the Methodist Church certainly does not say you have to use the lectionary, but it is there. I find um, that the Vanderbilt University website, which I will put in the show notes, is the best place to go for me. For um, It's the easiest to use. It, it speaks my learning language <laughs> for, um, for usage. There are lots of resources for the lectionary. Uh, it has hymn suggestions. It has prayers. Uh, I use those. Sometimes I have several resources that I use for like the call to worship and uh, the pastoral, part of the pastoral prayer. Certainly comes from there. The United Methodist Church has a great website where you can go and find the lectionary text as well. Um, but I find that the Vanderbilt site just lays it out really nicely. And it works with the way my brain is set up. Some people are hesitant to use the lectionary because they say that it is not very inspired. That it doesn't leave room for the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And while that may be true for some people, for me it is just not. Because every time I read the scripture of the week. It speaks to me in a very different way than it has ever spoken to me before. And I think that's where um, sometimes we limit 
you know, we think, oh, well, it has to be this original whatever. I have to use a series that's, you know, all the same theme. Well, the, the lectionary actually does lend itself to a lot of the same themes. And I have used sermon series directly from the lectionary. And I, I, I think for me, it, it works very well, too, while I'm in school. I don't have to go searching for a lot of things. It is a good use of my time. And doing this and having this three-year cycle of sermons is really going to give me a good um, foundation of a set of sermons that, you know, in a pinch I can go to, I can look to for inspiration, I can see from year A to three years later to year A how much I've grown and what I was thinking about then and how it could inspire now. So I'm really, I'm in the end, I'm very glad that I'm doing this. Um, I challenged myself to do this um, three-year cycle of the gospel. You really could do a three-year cycle of the gospel, a three-year cycle of the epistles, a three-year cycle of the Psalms, and of the, I mean, that's decades worth of sermons just doing the lectionary. But I do have other ideas of things I want to do eventually. I think once I get more comfortable in preaching and sermon writing, that I will feel a little bit more free, especially during ordinary time, to branch out and do different things. One thing I, I really want to do is a sermon series based around um, the good old Chuck Wesley's uh, hymnal, hymns. Um, he wrote a lot of amazing hymns, and I think preaching those would be a very interesting thing. I love music, and so that would lend itself to things that I'm interested in and have knowledge of and would be um, excited about preaching. So, and, you know, Methodism, I'm working a lot with Methodism right now as I'm in seminary, and so um, taking that knowledge and, and helping people understand why we're Methodists I think would be a great series. These are not new ideas, but these are just things that appeal to me. But I still think I would do them during ordinary time when there's not a, 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 you know, a definite liturgical season to be working through like Easter or Advent. So there are things that I would like to do eventually uh, in, in my preaching. But I think I'm, I'm really comfortable... easing into this new job and this new cycle of life and this new rhythm of life using the lectionary text. And every, it really is true that it is there's something different that I see with those scriptures every time I read them. Uh, if you look at the Holy Week texts, I mean, those are not going to change. But those are so long and there's so many options and so many verses that you can pull out and look at that you could preach a different section of the passion narrative 
for years and preach something totally new every time. So it's not as limiting as people um, think that it can be. Um, so, but I think too, I think it's a good thing to challenge yourself to do something that you're not comfortable with. And look, let me tell you, some of these gospel lessons are not easy. <laughs> they're lessons that I need and they're not easy for me, myself and I to grasp and think, oh gosh, I need to do better with that. They're not easy to write about. They're not easy to preach about. Um, but what I have found already is that the the sermons that I'm most nervous about, the sermons that I am like, oh, that's, you know, that's getting kind of real. That's that's being real and honest. And, and it can be hard to say true things sometimes. Jesus never beat around the bush. He told you exactly what to do. And that's not always easy. But those sermons are the ones that I find every time that people comment on more than any. And that has shown me that I should not be afraid of the hard texts. I don't necessarily like them because they put a spotlight sometimes on things that I personally need to work on. But I should not be afraid to preach the truth. And the lectionary kind of forces me to do that, to look at the the hard text along with the, you know, Mary riding on a donkey text, the easy things, the uplifting things that makes you look at the hard stuff. And that's been challenging. And it's been good for me, I think, to look at the, the texts that are familiar and the texts that we kind of skim over because they're they're too hard to really put into practice. So I really, I like the lectionary. I have, for a lot of different reasons, I have um, come to love it and to be inspired by it. Um, the other thing that I have found recently is that these hard scriptures that are in the gospel because again, Jesus wanted to challenge people and their their thoughts and ideas on how we should be living. If you look at those gospel lessons with the epistle lesson or with the Old Testament lesson, it doesn't make the the thing that Jesus is trying to tell you to do more tolerable. It makes it a better picture. For instance. When, um, you know, this week I'm preaching um, a section of Matthew that is just, it's about conflict resolution in the church. Gosh, I don't want to preach about that. We've got enough of that going on. But it's a good way to remind ourselves in this time, especially with the Methodist church right now, how we should deal with the messy things in life. But then if you go and read the Romans text that goes with it, it reminds us that the greatest commandment we have is to love each other. So yes, here's these hard things that we have to look at and we have to do um, to work through the mess and build community, which is some a lot of times real messy. But we need to do that in love. And where the particular text in Matthew doesn't focus on that, 
the Romans text helps you re um, reestablish that idea and brings it all together. So oftentimes these texts work very well together and help you look at, you know, if Jesus is quoting the Old Testament, the lectionary text will often have that original text as the Old Testament text in lesson that week. So it helps you study, it helps you learn and grow, and it helps round out that message and make it a lot fuller. If you like the lectionary, um, and if you want to further go into that, uh, a devotion that was given to me years ago by um, a good friend, and then um, one of my mentors um, uses it and was very... Um, positive about it and I love it in fact I have loved it so much I have almost loved the front cover off so if you find a leather bound faux leather whatever bound um, version of it please let me know <laughs> it's called this day and it gives you the lectionary scriptures to read it gives you a prayer of the day of the week a prayer of the month the day of the month and a prayer for different seasons it's just a little daily devotion it doesn't take long it's not a long thing to do every day um, but it gets you in that rhythm of prayer and scripture and that it's a very um, john wesley westland thing it's a very methodist thing but i think it crosses over into all different um, faith traditions um, because it sets you up in a really good rhythm. Um, it's called Again, it's called This Day. I will also put that in the show notes. So whether you are working through the lectionary, if you've challenged yourself like I have to work through the gospel lessons and force myself to do the hard things, or you are working on sermon series, the Holy Spirit is the one that matters the most. If your sermons are spirit-filled and spirit-guided and spirit-inspired, that's all that matters. Um, one thing um, before I finish up that I will say about the lectionary is it does leave out a lot. It, you, you only have 52 Sundays in a year. And one of those every year is going to be Easter. And one of those every year is going to be a Christmas sermon. So there's not much room for other scriptures. So they do a good job of getting in as much as possible. But it does leave a lot out. And so maybe that's a good lecture, uh, a sermon series as well, are stories and things that are not able to be put into the lectionary text. And that's also why this day is good, because it doesn't just do the Sundays. It does the lectionary text every single week. So you are reading that week up to the scripture for Sunday. So you get a lot of context for what the, um, the if you go to a, a church that does the lectionary, what the preacher is going to be talking about, what the scripture is going to say. You'll have more of a, a backstory of where it's come from. And you'll be able to see where it's going the next week. So um, there are a lot of great things about that book. 
and I cannot highly recommend it enough. I also um, just think it, it helps put a good framework around your daily lessons and devotions. So friends, that's what I am doing. I'm challenging myself. So if you see me and you see that I'm thinking about not preaching from a lectionary because it's too hard, remind me that those are the ones I need to preach the most. <laughs> I try to tell that to myself and it's very hard some weeks. Oh gosh, not this. Please don't make me preach on this hard thing. But we have to deal with the hard things. We can't just be in um, a fun Sunday school class every week. We have to, to deal with the hard lessons that we're supposed to learn. So I'm going to close with um, another lesson from Timothy. This is First Timothy. We've moved to chapter 4, verses 6 through 16. Um, this is getting toward the end of that letter um, that he has written Timothy. And this is what he says, what Paul says. If you put these instructions before the brothers and sisters, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, nourished on the words of the faith and of the sound teaching that you have followed. Have you nothing to do with profane myths and old wise tales? Train yourself in godliness. For while physical training is of some value, godliness is valuable in every way holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. The saying is sure and worthy of full acceptance. For to this end we toil and struggle because we have our hope set on the living God who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. These are the things you must insist on and teach. Let no one despise your youth, but set the believers as an example in speech and conduct in love, in faith and purity. Until I arrive, give attention to the public reading of scripture, to exhorting, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you through prophecy with the laying on of hands and by the council of elders put these things into practice devote yourself to them so that all may see your progress pay close attention to yourself and to your teaching continue in these things for in doing this you will save both yourself and your hearers May it be so with Timothy, and may it be so with me, that as I work through this lectionary season, that it will save both me and those that hear. Amen.